Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. And I'm John, coming to you from the depths. Depths, you sound uh, kind of deep. <laughs> I'm dwelling down here, Paul, in the depths. In the depths. Are you dwelling in the depths? Because today it is episode 18 of season three, and there's a dweller in the depths. Ooh. It, it, one second. Okay, so last week on, uh, or last episode, Starscream's ghost came back, or was always here, or who knows, but he got inside Scourge, or was already there, or who knows, and uh, almost brought Unicron back to life, but didn't, it was almost there, and uh, <laughs> actually brought himself back to life. A lot of stuff happened and didn't happen in that Yeah, and it didn't episode. really resolve, like Starscream just went away, so is he still alive, just not there, yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't know. Uh, anyway, this episode, uh, Springer is inserting a new power core into Cybertron that, uh, perceptible. Yeah. Once again, a, a helicopter is flying with something larger than it is, and, uh, in done. space, in, in a space. planet with no real atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. Either way, it's happening, so we're just going to deal with it. Yeah, it's fun. And uh, Perceptor is just all thrilled that it's going to triple their energy reserves. Mm -hmm. Good But he has uh, a fail-safe lever in the event of an emergency. We have a nice little setup here. And I'm going to deviate from talking about the story for a second, Paul, to talk about the writer. Paul Dini wrote this, and I don't pay attention to or care about the writers very often. And while I'm sure Paul Dini has written other episodes, this is one of the first times I noticed his name. If you, dear listener, enjoyed the Batman animated series in the 90s or uh, any of the Arkham video games or uh, the creation of Harley Quinn, get on Twitter right now and thank Paul Dini. <laughs> and he wrote this episode, and you can tell because everything that is paid off at the end has a setup and a uh, in the beginning. And this is one of them. There's a lever that ejects the core. Yeah, it was like, you, you mentioned this to me before. It's a thing you learn in film school, but where if you put a gun on the table in the first act, you gotta use it. By yeah, in the third act, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chekhov's gun. Yeah. This lever is the gun, and in the event of an emergency, they can blast the core off into space. And the Quintessons are watching all of this, and yeah. they hate it. They're, they're like, it's a good accomplishment, and it makes me hate them even more. <laughs> mm -hmm. The rebellious construct, <laughs> whatever they call them. Yeah. But they, they talk about a plan to get rid of them, and they talk about a different kind of construct that they, one of them created arguably, like, 10 million years ago or billions yeah, of years ago? Yeah, it's gotta be millions because the other ones are like, oh, that's just a fucking legend. What's wrong with you? And you're like, not to the one that made them. Which is <laughs> odd that over millions, possibly billions of years, this is the first time he's brought it up. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, exactly. hey guys, remember that time I created life? <laughs> I, you get me drunk anytime. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, no, I created life. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a great bar story. I created life. Well, almost life. But what the, these transorganics are, are basically half organic half robotic creatures that were supposed to be the first slave race and they <clears> went haywire but they were unstable and it shows one of them trying to fit two parts of something together and he just clunk them together and it doesn't work and like they're, they're unstable and couldn't do even the simplest of tasks or whatever and then one of them that was way bigger than the other one like why did they make these things so fucking big oh, turned on them 
and ripped off one of this Gwyndason's faces. Yeah, and there's it's like nothing in between. It's a bunch of dwellers. Well, we're going to find out they're dwellers later, but they're they're the transorganics. Hmm. There's a bunch of them that are like Quintesson transformer size, and then there's one yeah, that's 70 times bigger. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah, rather than kill them, they just lock them away in a hibernation chamber. Yeah, Okay. and they decide they're going to get the Decepticons to set them free. Yeah, they're going to bring them back to destroy everything on Cybertron, and they're going to get the Decepticons to do it. They're going to get... Decepticons to pay for that wall. And anyway, <laughs> and uh, then we go to the Decepticons, and good old Galvatron is just berating his troops for <laughs> he has no reason. Speed lines going past his face when he's yelling at the <laughs> troops. There is there's some actually fairly decent animation in this episode. There's some really bad drawings with like Galvatron and uh, Cyclonus towards the end, where everything's bigger. They looked extra cartoony, but for some of the movement and an- and uh, just the animation. It's uh, not a bad episode. I, I liked the movement lines, but um, he's berating them, and then the Quintessons, <laughs> it looks like they actually teleport here this time. Well, that's what I said. It's like, it looks like they beam down, like Star Trek mm. style. <laughs> here they are. And they're, they're, they say Galvatron, you know, he can't blame... Uh, he's basically like, you know, get the fuck out of here. We're done playing with you. And they're like, look, you can't blame one bad experience on the whole Quintesson race. <laughs> Galvatron actually says, yeah, well, you all look alike. Like, <laughs> no. Wow. Well, if we okay. want to paint him as a bad guy, we're doing a good job. Reagan's America. All right. Uh, so <laughs> they 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 don't tell him about the dwellers. They tell him about the power core. Mm. And he's like, why would you tell me? And they say, peace offering. We don't like the Autobots. You don't like the Autobots. Maybe we could have an alliance. And we're just, as a gesture of good faith, yep. here's the power core. You don't get it. So like that. The Decepticons are on Cybertron. Of course we'll do it. Landed on the planet, (laughs) got in, passed the security systems. How? Who (laughs) cares? They're here. And they open their way into this abandoned shaft, and that think this is where the power core is. And uh, a few Autobots show up to try to stop them, but they do the whole knock the rock. Well, no, he shoots something and it knocks rubble down on top of them, so it's technically not rocks. And he's like, that should hold them for a while. I still put my hands in the air and said, cave in! <laughs> I was happy to see one again. It was the closest I, we've had in a while. Um, but, it, oh, and it's, it, by the way, it's Magnus, R.C. Springer, Rekgar, and Cup are the ones who arrive, which is nice to see, you know, the, the core team here. Yeah. And uh, anyway, the the Galvatron blasts them back. Yeah, they have their cave in, and the Quintessons are watching all this and decide they want firsthand they want to witness this firsthand, so they're going to fly to Cybertron. It's like, this This is going to a plan, but let's go there, because I want to see it. And yeah. uh, then we cut to the Autobots. They all climb out of the rubble. Um, the Decepticons knew it wouldn't hold them back forever, no. and they chase after and, them. And they're wondering, why are the Decepticons here on Cybertron? It's like, really? You're wondering why they're back on their home planet? Like, m- maybe they want it, you know? Do you know why they're here? <laughs> it's because it's episode 18, and they were here in episode 17, and they were here in 16, they'll probably be here in 19 again. It's what they do. But the, the Decepticons get to the, they figure it's the lowest level of the planet, and now Galvatron is starting to suspect, you know what? There's been some fuckery afoot here. We've been had again. Don't! <laughs> And as they're getting ready to leave, this uh, tentacle comes down and grabs. Is it Cyclonus? Or well, yeah, Scourge and Sweep smash her down this random door and think, oh, it must be in here. And Galvatron shoots his way through another door, and he finds the, the hibernation chamber. And it looks like something out of fucking Metroid or something. Like it It's like all did. these little chambers stuck to the ceiling with Alien like all these pods and yeah. shit. Yeah. And then we and see... He- just, okay, this isn't a power core, I mean, but since he can't leave well enough alone, he shoots it, which releases all these transorganic monster things, and one of them gets scourged, and they attack the Decepticons, and commercial break. And when we come back, uh, the Autobots arrive, 
and they see the Decepticons being attacked, and right away the Dwellers just go for the Autobots. Yeah, like Galvatron is kicking ass in here, but there's just too many of them, and the Autobots come down the tunnel, and, and Springer's like, no one's been down here for centuries. Like, no, more like eons, you idiot. <laughs> I do, I will say, I do like that as we've gotten this far, like we've never been this far into Cybertron before, and at this level, I like that things look less... Uh, mechanical and more organic. Yeah. It, like, it, so yeah. is, I wonder if Cybertron is an organic planet at its core with just layers and layers of, of uh, mechanical, I don't know, additions mm. as you go up. Anyway, uh, the Dwellers attack the Autobots and the Decepticons flee to another chamber. Yeah, they come into a room with an, e this is the even bigger thing. This is the big thing, Immediately yeah. kills a sweep and traps Scourge in the net. But it doesn't just kill them. It like, it zaps their energy and then puts them in these compartments on his Rains back. Rains Rekkar, and Rekkar's eyes turn red, and it like puts him into a thing on his back. Yeah, like so this creature is basically a giant slug with a lamprey eel's mouth, mechanical tentacles, and mechanical compartments on its back that it puts the drained victims into. Yeah. It, it's a weird looking thing. Well, then it starts attacking the other transorganic things, like all these other monsters. It starts attacking those. And, and like, oh, and the Decepticons flee again. Yeah, and Springer tries to be all hero and try and save Rekkar, and he does all these acrobatics and shit and manages oh, to get... Oh, but there was a great, there was a great moment of, for Rekkar here. The the slug attacks uh, Magnus, and Rekkar runs in, TV head that he is, yeah. and yells, Yo, Joe! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Later on, there's going to be a crossover in this season. There is going to be a legitimate crossover of G.I. Joe in an episode. I remember this as a kid. But what this says is that G.I. Joe is a TV show in this universe. in the Transformers oh, world. So there, here's a conflict. <laughs> this is a nitpicker show, I guess. We're supposed to <laughs> yeah. pick those things out. But yeah, Springer res rescues Rekgar. Uh, but Rekgar is like drained of energy now and goes yeah, after Springer. He's like, feed me. And now Springer's an uh, energy vampire too. And But Ultra Magnus wants to get this thing outside. So there's more room to fight. Like, that's a terrible idea. You don't want this thing out of here. Like, how much more room do you need? Like, <laughs> it's yeah, it's almost a sensible thing for him to say being the tactician. But then you're like, yeah, no, this yeah, keep it contained. But uh, RC tries to draw it away, and then we had a real cave in because Galvatron shoots yeah, the door. She's trying to get the slug out. They come back. They're like leaving <laughs> so soon, and it legitimately caves, uh, collapses them in. So now she's trapped in this room with the Robo Slug, which I guess we didn't really say, say drains energy from Transformers and then turns them into, like you said, Paul, energy vampires mm. that drain more energy. So and the, the thing gets a net around RC and she transforms. It's actually a really cool shot of her trying to pull out of this net as yeah. a car. Like it's yeah. Like I said, there's some great little animation. You don't get pockets. to see her in car mode very often. Yeah, you don't. And she has a couple great moments in this uh, in this episode. Uh, and she can't get away in commercial break. And then when we come back, uh, she gets free with Cup's help, but the energy vampires yeah, get Cup. Yeah, Cup rams the vampires, and but now he's infected. And uh, Magnus and RC have to run for it in one of the dumbest running animations I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> they hope Perceptor can help. So we go to the Quintessons, and they're already congratulating themselves. Yeah, the the plan is working, but uh, this uh, the the one that looks like he only has the one face does some. He takes a mask off the side of his head, and there's a fucking hole where his face used to be. He says, "I want to destroy." 
destroy the creature that did this to me. So Which was the robo slug. Yeah, the, the big guy, yeah. And I guess we kind of skipped over that. He had a big exposition scene at the beginning when he was explaining the transorganics and explained, oh yeah, that one smashed my face. Which was, again, hardcore animation shot. Like, picture a Quintesson mm. getting its face rammed by a tentacle and ripped apart. And ripped was, clean off, yeah. Yeah, it was fairly graphic. So, uh, <laughs> Magnus show. and RC blast their way through these tunnels run right into Galvatron, and of course his first thought is, kill you. Well, yeah, <laughs> and Magnus does some kind of, like, judo throw on him. Yeah, it's and like, uh, flips him right over his head, rolls back. It's pretty good. And then the creature grabs him and Ultra Magnus, and, and this is what you're saying, RC has some really cool shots, in this, or cool scenes, this is one of them. Yeah. She picks up Galvatron's gun, which is as big as her, and starts shooting the thing with it. Like, even when she shoots it, it, like, knocks her across the room, but she keeps going. Yeah, well, like, even then, shit, like, just... This girl's badass. Yeah, to the practicality. It knocks her back against the room, so she butts it into the corner, puts her, braces her feet up, and then just keeps firing. She just lights him up. Yeah. <laughs> and it runs. It flees, like drops uh, Galvatron to Magnus and just runs away down the tunnels, which they find out. Oh, and Galvatron is out cold. Magnus is weak, though. And they realize it's going to the power core. And Magnus is like, yeah, we'll send uh, the junkions down for Galvatron later. It's like, why? Why would you... Rescue him. Let, leave him. Just or, leave him. here, here's an idea. You have a gun. Put a fucking energy blast in his head. You'll be doing him a favor. Like, put him out of his misery at this point. Like, he is looney tunes. Megatron may have had an ounce of honor. Galvatron is psychotic. Oh, no, this guy's just nuts. Yeah, the There's... universe is better without him in it. Anyway, they realize that this slug is gung-ho for energy, uh, so they go back to Rodimus, and they're like, they explain everything, what's happened, this thing is looking for energy, it's attracted energy, and we, uh, what are we going to do? And Rodimus goes, I think we should destroy it. Wow, that's, that's why you're the boss, isn't it? Okay. Our that's leader, folks, here. brave, intelligent leader. Uh, but speaking of things coming to them, the energy vampires come through the door, <laughs> and then Perceptor realizes they're energy vampires, and like, yes, that's exactly what Ultra Magnus just said. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, uh, I, I don't know what the fuck Perceptor and Rodimus were doing in the control room, but it wasn't <laughs> controlling anything. <laughs> so uh, Perceptor does have an idea. He's like, they're they're energy deficient, and what we have to do is juice them up. So they all make a. a I was going to say human I didn't understand why they needed to do that. Like, couldn't they just let them get close enough to Perceptor? Because what Perceptor does is he grabs something, and then the energy goes through him, and then along this chain, and then whatever one of them's on the end energizes these things, and it brings them back to life. I'm going to bet they put it in because, I mean, this is, again, aimed at five, six-year-old kids. That's around the age where you learn that thing in your first attempt at, like, we're learning science. Everybody touch a finger, oh, and we put yeah, a curtain like through, the, and, and then you the light a light bulb, bulb at yeah. the end. I think it, they're just feeding off that. But it works. Uh, all the vampires come back to life, and the Decepticons are like, what the heck happened? And Perceptor's like, what? Or uh, Rodimus says, why don't you tell me? And they go, <laughs> yeah. yoink! And flee. They're out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And we cut to them right away, and uh, Cyclonus is like, oh, mighty Galvatron, I'm glad to see you yeah, made like, it. Galvatron's fine. He's just fine. He just, you know, got up, brushed his sleeves. And, and uh, Galvatron says, I want to go, we're going to go get some revenge on them Quintessons, there. And then we but go. he does admit, you know what, releasing that beast on the Autobots, that wasn't that bad an idea, I got to admit. And as he <laughs> says it, it bursts up out of the ground and starts crawling right for the uh, power core that Perceptor had designed earlier. And Rodimus is like, okay, well, we're just going to have to get rid of that thing, right? If, if only we had some way to eject it out of the planet that had been established earlier. 
Oh my god! And oh, this is just awful. Like, why is it such a problem? Like, you built one, just make another one. Yeah, really. But anyway, they they eject it, and the robo slug uh, the robo slug flies off to get it, and uh, then. I wish we had seen Galvatron interact with the Quintessons, but the Quintessons are like, oh, we're heading to Cybertron. Everything's great. Our plan is perfect. We haven't been watching it lately, but I'm sure it's going well. Yeah, but hey, wait a minute. How come the lights are still on on Cybertron? I don't understand. The power should be out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the slug just pows it into them. lands on their ship. Like, the Autobots fired this thing into space in a random direction, and this somehow... You know what? We already the, did the, that. The long and the short of it is that these motherfuckers should be buying lottery tickets. Why can't anybody in this episode leave well enough alone? Like, first the Quintessons convince the Decepticons to do their bidding, but they can't leave well enough alone and have to go to Cybertron to watch. Then Galvatron realizes there's no power core, but he can't leave well enough alone, and he shoots the hibernation chambers, releasing the monsters. Then the Autobots realize the Decepticons are in trouble, but can't leave well enough alone, and come running in to help. Why? They're your enemies. This is what you want, idiots. Then Galvatron admits that releasing the beast wasn't a bad idea, but he can't leave well enough alone and sets off to get the Quintessons, which we never get to. Anyway, the big one in this is the Quintesson that had his face ripped off says he wants revenge on the creature that did it to him. You already had it, genius. You locked the fucking thing away for millions of years and nobody knew it was there to go looking for it, but you couldn't leave well enough alone, could you? I mean, how did you get the thing down there in the first place? Why did you put it in hibernation? The thing clearly needs energy. Lock it up, throw away the key, and let time do its job. There, it's dead. You win. Took a few thousand years for the batteries to run down, but it's dead. Why didn't you just do that in the first place instead of sealing it away for millions of years? And if you knew the damn thing was there, why didn't you unleash it on the Autobots? Well, I'm back in the depths, and uh, that was a good episode. Uh, the next episode it. is going to be Nightmare Planet. It's a nightmare, all right. Uh, I'll be back out of the depths <laughs> by then, but if you want to see the depths of patheticness, you can find Poe and I on Twitter. I'm Matt John Sobey. He is at P. McPherson 1. Yeah, make sure you rate and review us on your podcast app and tell everybody you know. Tell everybody you know, and until next time, keep on transforming. <laughs> see you next time. I hope. They're energy vampires.